said, there's a ton of everyone. That was my pitch. We are living in a world on fire, full of sickness, disease, and fear. The world has made profit more important than the health of people. Thankfully, we still have a way back to a healthy spirit, mind, and body. The purpose of this Nature Makes the Rules podcast is to let people of all ages know that they can still have a strong and healthy life, no matter what the rest of the world is saying or doing. We invite you to join us, Dr. Joe and Eileen, for the Nature Makes the Rules podcast. Well, I want to welcome everyone to another episode of the Nature Makes the Rules podcast with Joe and Eileen Arvey. And I'm just your host, Jeff, here. And I get to be the one that kind of prompts them and tees them up to ask and share uh, questions and all of that sort of thing. And today, guys, we have a wonderful topic uh, that I know is very dear to your heart and, and certainly um, is relevant to literally every person that would ever listen to this show because families are at the core of who we are. And today we are talking about how to have a happy and strong family. Now, of course, we know that for the next 25 or 30 minutes or something like that, this is, you know, it's going to have to be a bit of a crash course. You know, there's books and volumes and lots of stuff being written on this subject. But, but for so many of us in the busy worlds that we live in, we don't have the time maybe that we need to sit down and get the kind of education that, you know, is, is afforded in, in books and, and conferences and seminars. So we've got to start somewhere. And so I know that as we talk today, you guys are going to give some incredible wisdom on this topic and draw from your own personal experience. And so why don't you guys introduce the topic and where you want to go with today and what you would hope would be a goal for the listeners. So before you got to understand where we come from and what planet we live on and what the world we live in and how we look at the world. Um, and so we got to understand how God made our bodies. God made our bodies be strong and healthy. So if we want to raise a healthy family, we have to know, A, how God made us. And so there is a faith-based spiritual connection to this. There's an experience connection. There's a science connection. We're not just making things up as we go. And the best way we like to explain it in, a, in, our, in our practice with our patients and such is that, listen, it's like grass seed. You know, if I put grass seed in the ground and I begin to water it, it's going to grow up and turn green. God made the grass seed that way. God programmed the grass seed to be strong. It needs no help, just no interference. It just needs to be watered. Um, and again, I get it. There's there's sunshine and stuff like that. But for today's sake, it's just we have to water that grass seed. And a grass seed knows what to do when you give it water. So just like the Bible says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, that uh, you know you know Romans 12 is all about renewing our mind and treating our bodies as temples and all that stuff comes into an alignment if you understand that everything we need to heal, everything we need to be happy, everything we need to be strong, everything we need to leave a, live a successful, victorious life is already inside us at conception. The power that made us, that conceived us, right? That God breathed that neshama life on us. Um, then that seed begins to grow for nine months. The power that, that's inside that body puts us all together and then we're born after nine months, and then that power runs us, according to science and the Bible, for up to 120 years of strong health healing. So when we say how to grow a strong, happy, healthy family, especially teenagers, we're not looking for any shortcuts or magic pills to do this. We're simply saying, okay, how did God make our body? So if I water that grass seed, it's going to turn to green grass, and it's going to grow, and then as long as I water, it's fine. But if I kink the hose— then that grass seed is going to turn to brown grass because that's how the grass seed was programmed. Take away what it needs, 
and you're going to see expressions of that um, lack of water, which is brown grass. And then if we don't find the kink in the hose, then that grass is going to go from green to brown to dirt to dead grass. So when we start talking about families and raising families, we're going to say we need to make we need to keep making green grass decisions. Things are going to take the kink off the hose, remove the interference the world may try to put on us, and allow this this child, this our family, to grow the way God designed it. If we see brown grass happening in our health, in our relationships, in our moods, in our attitudes, we realize we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. There's something going on that's interfering with what God would want to have, the, the ability for this, this, ha- this individual or this family to be healthy and strong. And we certainly don't want to live our way into a dead grass relationship or a dead grass family as well. So if you think of a garden hose, and you, we, we're going to talk about how to have good thoughts, how to have a good posture, good nerve system, how to have strong food, how to, have, how to be strong from exercise— how to protect that. Literally, we're just trying to keep the kinks off the hose, if that makes sense. It's kind of hard in this, just this audio world, you know. Um, but but literally, everything we talk about on these shows and shows going forward is we want to make green grass choices versus, oh, that's a brown grass choice. One thing with our kids, and you can agree on this, Eileen, that we never said, that food's going to make you fat or that food or this, that. We never shame them with that. We said, is that a green grass choice or a brown grass choice? Is that food your friend? Is that thought your friend? Is that TV show your friend? Is being on your cell phone this whole time, those video, everything we said, is that your friend or not your friend? Is it going to be a green grass or brown grass in your life? And then that helped them begin to learn the decisions. And when they messed up, then the consequences is, yeah, you could see that. We didn't beat them up that. We tried to teach them to make those decisions. I think that we would definitely say, is that thinking, thinking, or is this, you know, is that really what's happening? But I think it's also very important to make sure that that um, you're listening. I think they 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 want to tell you so much, teenagers and even little kids. They want to tell you so much, and so to be available to hear what they have to say, and then and then to a lot of times I would say, well, especially if it's like somebody you know picking on them or saying something, I'm like, well, you haven't walked in their shoes, you know, they're acting this way because usually hurt people hurt people. So, you know, it's like, well, you know, how can we show them kindness? How can we, um, you know, I'm not saying let them beat you up, but I'm saying um, how can we change the way the reaction is, you know, show them some kindness because maybe nobody shows them any kindness or, you know, avoid them. But, um, you know, to think a little differently about the situation, but to always be there to listen and, and to, let them voice what's going on in their head because a lot of times you can say, is that, is that really a good thing that you're thinking or is that, is that stinking thinking or is that, you know, not from God? So, you know, we would definitely give them a, a voice to be heard. Yeah. I think that was also very important. And we started early. I mean, I remember Eileen teaching the kids sign language so that they could communicate. Okay, tell me what you want. You know, screaming's not a word. Right, especially with our, our first child and our first child, that's our practice kid. You know, you, everybody practices on what how to figure this thing, parenting thing out. And we were not, you know, I hear the parents today talk to their kids. I'm like, wow, you're so calm, <laughs> you're so nurturing. That's not what I learned, you know. And so I was, I was the yeller. I'm, I'm sorry, I confess. Hi, you know, basically just kind of, you know. But we always tried. So we would, you know, if the kids were frustrated, we would try to be attuned to that. Like Eileen said, listen. So the early off, we would teach them basic sign language, like they wanted more, wanted to eat, things like that. We just tried to communicate with them and let them express themselves and really just, um, 
you know, do things as a family to help raise them up. Like the Bible says, raise up a child in the way they should go. And in the end, they will love, they will follow it. And and we're seeing that with our oldest being in 33 and all the way to, to 21. So, so yeah, just communicating from, from, from the beginning, um, raising healthy families, raising these kids, knowing that what we do today, and, and that's the key is what I sow into my child, what we sow into our family, the, the, the environment that we keep today can, can sow into what tomorrow's going to look like. I mean, everything, you know, science says, everything you have in your life today is basically what you've been thinking or doing the last 90 days. Right. And so uh, to go from there, I also thought that we also said that our children, that your siblings are your best friends, that blood is thicker than water. You will, these will be your family forever. It's not maybe a friend that comes in for a few years and then goes. It, these, are, these are your people. These are people that are side by side with you in your life forever, you know, good or bad. You know, you don't know how that's going to play out later if somebody does something or whatever, but that this is still, you still forgive and love your family always. Yeah. And and that was times when we made them hug it out, whether they liked it or not, you know, and we'd say, okay, they're your best friends. Or if it was the girls, because we had two girls first, we'd say, all right, be nice to your brother because someday he'll be bigger than you. (laughs) So be nice. And, and basically with what, how we, uh, structured, you know, the food we ate, uh, getting adjusted, getting the nerve system turned on, um, really watching the sugar intake, being aware of what our children were eating, being aware of what the world was out there trying to feed them physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and then filtering that through, you know, green grass, uh, intentional, intentional living, you know, getting to bed on time, um, going to church, listening to worship music, not letting TV be the babysitter, all these habits that we just um, would ingrain helped our kids begin to just, and again, we're not perfect. No one's perfect. We all have our struggles, but at least we had a lot less issues, I think, because we just were always constantly aware of the habits. Right. I think we also did some really weird things to other people, meaning like if, when the commercials came on and they <laughs> said visas for everything else, we called it and we said, no, visas not for everything else. Debt is not your friend. So we would, we would talk about the issues. We never just kind of let them just, oh, make up your own mind if you want to be in debt your whole life. You know, we talked about those things from little on so that they could say, no, do you see that the TV's trying to sell you something? You know, so be 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 guarded. Yeah. And even to this day, our kids will ask us questions and, and they know we're not right. We're not left. We're not blue. We're not red. We're God. You know, what, what, God, how, what we've learned the right way, the wrong way, the, you know, we've, we've, make green grass decisions, brown grass decisions. And sometimes we thought we're making the right decisions. We turned out saying, oh, that wasn't really a good decision. And we, we would, I would admit it. We would admit it and say, nope, we're sorry. That was wrong. Um, this is how we're going to begin to change and adapt from that. And so, um, you know, just the, that's what we've done. You know, we used to like with our time, we'd make a war plan. Like, okay, Dave Ramsey says, tell every dollar how it's going to be spent before it uh, gets here. And so we we would try to sit and map out our days, our time. And again, not regimented, but like, you know, like TV time. We wouldn't just let them watch TV as much as they wanted. Um, when a drug ad would come on, a medication ad, we'd, we'd yell, drugs, or that's not your friend, yeah. get adjusted, or eat happy food, or a visa. Or, you know, even watching movies, um, you know, we saw somebody kissing or something and say, oh, they must be married. That's how married people act. 
and we would intentionally try to direct them in the right directions. Um, and so if you know anything about the Arve family, there's this library of movies you should watch so that you can catch up on our, because I, our mo- movie quotes, our movie quotes, <laughs> you know, we really don't talk, uh, in English. We, we talk in movie quotes. So, yeah. Guys, I love, uh, <laughs> there's just so much good stuff in there, but I, there, one of the things that I, I did want to ask, because, you know, I know that your kids are not, that you don't have infants, you don't have toddlers and preschoolers and ele- elementary school age, you know, children and everything. You, you're, you're, when your kids were little, we're talking, you know, a couple decades ago in some cases. And so, so I want to ask you this question because Joe, a long time ago, earlier on in the episode, you said that there was interference and distractions. And part of this was about removing these things. And so I would just be curious you know, for you to speak to maybe that family out there that has younger children and everything. And, and let's be honest, the world has, has changed quite a bit. It's, it's a lot faster than it was even just a couple decades ago. Um, those things like, you know, you talked about addressing, uh, the commercials when you were watching TV. I mean, you know, back then it was maybe just a commercial coming at you, but now it's like things popping up on your phone or your, whatever device. I mean, it's just a lot of inundation that's coming at you. And, and so the principles that you talk about certainly don't change. But how would you coach a, a family that's that's coming up now, you know, who is just maybe feeling overwhelmed and going, oh, my gosh, guys, but the world is so different now. I don't even know where where to start. What would you say to that family? Personally, I, I think I would start with, with the cell phone stuff and the kids. Um, you know, I was on flying. I had to go see my dad and then I flew back. And and the, the parents, because of being on the airplane, I mean, the kids I'm telling you, they could barely sit up, but they've got their device and they want to watch their devices. And um, I, I, I think it's a disservice. I personally think that, yes, you want your kids quiet, but, you know, why don't you get them used to things that they can, other things they can hold in their hand and you save that for like crucial time or you say, okay, our computer time is for learning stuff, you know, colors or something else as opposed to just entertainment so that your, your child is sitting there quiet. I think that we are not in interacting as much with our children, you know, and showing them things where you, they don't even want their phone because they've got all these fun things or they're getting talked to or played with, with their friends or with their siblings or whatever, you know what I mean? So it's not a, let's just try to make them quiet and shut up so that I can have peace myself because I'm so busy or overwhelmed. And I think, I think that there needs to be something where you, you have time to, um, you know, that, that you take the phone, cell phone thingy or pad or whatever you want to, and you, you take it down to a smaller a quantity of time that is like, okay, an infant doesn't need to have two hours of TV time or, or any of that, you know what I mean? So that to really look at what you're doing and actually our cell phones, if you use a cell phone, we'll tell you how long you've been on the cell phone with games or whatever. So you kind of use that to help yourself to um, not do as much and that, you know, you have to entertain your first child. You're the entertainment pretty much, you yeah. know, and then you're, you have siblings and then the siblings help entertain and you've got more free time. But, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a put the time in with your children, I guess is what I would really say. Yeah. And decide what kind of life do you want? What, what, you know, what do you want to see? What does set the goal, set the visions, ask God to give you a vision, ask, you know, look and see what you see out there. But then here's the hard part. You have to go first. So dads, if you're listening, you need to be the leader of this. If you don't want your kids on the cell phone all the time, then you need to put your cell phone down. It's, it's like, it's, it's not do as I say, but not as I do. It's do as I do, do as I say, you want to see how to live, watch me, follow me. And, and so I've always tried to be the example 
to my children, to my family, to my patients to say, listen, just watch me. I, I really, over the years, I just talk less. I try and I just try to say, here, here's what I do. And so the same thing, mom and dad, you know, you have to set the example. You have to be the leader. If you want your kids to eat healthy, then you need to eat healthy. If you want your kids reading the Bible, then you need to see you reading the Bible. If they, you want them watching stuff that's that's going to be blessings and, and life-giving on TV, then you need to be watching that and let them say, well, that's for adults. You go do your... No, they can't... See, you have to be congruent. Whatever you yes. want to raise your children up as, whatever kind of children and teenagers and uh, young adults you want your children to be, you need to lead it first and let them see it from you first. I, I agree. I think that as parents, when you have little children or, or before you even have children, that you you stand back and you say, we're going to train our children to be productive, kind, loving, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, members of society. I mean, we used to say that. We want to train our kids to be productive, kind, loving members of society because we that will help other people in society and then they're kind and loving and then they can show other people how to be kind and loving but that that that's really what we want so if we if we want that then we got to back back that goal up to to say okay how do i get there and it's the little things like we've been talking about yeah and that's why again that's another reason why we're doing this podcast is because parents are like yeah so how do i do that but basically you know we'd always say we don't they don't want to hear a sermon they want to see a sermon they want they don't want to hear how to be healthy they want to see how to be healthy. They don't want to hear about loving and being kind and being members of society. They want to see their mom and dad actually doing it. And they're watching. Whether you know it or mm-hmm. not, they're yes. watching. Um, they may not treat their brothers and sisters that way. They may not do that at home. You may, you know, the first time we say it rule, sometimes it'd be the third time we say it, you know, but overall, uh, they have to just see it so they can at least see you living it out the best you can. And when you make mistakes, you own it. You say you're sorry, you ask for forgiveness, but they they have to see it first. We did this funny, um, well, it's funny, but it was a Bible study we did when our kids were really little called Growing Kids God's Way. And, you know, the people had doily collars and all kinds of really weird stuff, but they still had very good things to learn about to grow your kids. Like, you know, like, no in, interrupt rule. Show the kids that you're going to take the shopping cart back to the, to the corral for the right. shopping carts. And all these little things that we think, you know, don't matter, but they do. They're they're huge. Guys, I want to ask the question on behalf of the listeners. Um, I, you know, first of all, as a parent, knowing how difficult intentionality can be. I mean, it it, it takes work, it, but I also know it's worth the work. As do you. You have experienced the fruit of your labor in that sense, and so you know, not not as a, a means to brag or anything, but I think to help people form that vision as you talked about before, which I think is so important. I feel like so many families struggle to have a vision. Maybe they've never spent time just sort of vision casting for their family, not aspirations, but like a God-sized vision of God. What What is, you know, what what do you have for our kids? What do you want them to look like? What do you have for our family? What do you want that to look like? Can, can you guys tell the the listeners just some of the things that you believe are like healthy reflections, or, or, or I should say reflections of a healthy family? In other words, you know, some some maybe milestones or, or markers that a family out there can go, man, this is this is how we'll know we're starting to get on a healthy trajectory for our family. What what are some things that you think are are important there? But you know, maybe they're specifics, but maybe they're also more thematic. What what would you say to that question? Putting God first. I mean, number one, putting God first. And not just from a you know, 
to us, church wasn't about Sunday only. Church was, well, how can we be Jesus to ourselves? Again, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love others as you love yourself. That's it. Boom. So everything else just kind of begins to take care of itself. If you're going to God for the problems, for the hurts, the hangups, the struggles first, then instead of going to your friends, instead of going to your coaches, instead of trying to find that magic book or that magic pastor or that magic video or what, if I could just find the right whatever guru, right? No, go to God first. God made you to be strong. God made you to be healthy. God has a solution. God says, ask for wisdom. And again, and this is not a religious thing. It's like literally, you don't want my answer. You don't want man's answer. You want God's answer in this situation. And then that's how the kids begin to listen for what the Holy Spirit has to say. And again, looking back now, 33 years there, yeah, I can say that. It didn't look quite, but but really, we just try to let them know how much God loved them and to look to him first and just go to God first with your thoughts and everything else. And then kind of follow in line with that. Would you have? I, I think sometimes like we would pray before dinner, you know, and a lot of times, I mean, we still do that. So we all just grab hands. Whoever's in the house, we'll, we'll all grab hands and we'll pray. Um, but praying with dinner and then, you know, each kid, we went to their room and we would pray with them. And it, before they would like close their eyes, you'd always go, this, you know, the smallest one would go to bed first. And so you'd, you'd be in the room with them and you'd pray and then you'd, you know, um, and and they, they, and they would, yeah, they would say, you know, what's bothering them. And then you, so you really got to engage because as you're praying for them, they're like, Hey, what about this? This is happening. And, and you got, you got to be, to be able to speak into their lives. Here it is. You ready? You want the key to success? If you want your kids to grow up, be strong and follow Jesus. Here's the secret. First of all, whoever's driving them to school, you have to sing this song. So in the, in the car, we would sing, uh, it's, it's called Leaning on the Lord's Side. Well, since mama's name is Eileen, we would say, oh, and then we'd say, Eileen, 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 Eileen. And then she'd have to say, Eileen's on, on the Lord's side. side. And then if Leah's in the car, we'd say, Leah's on, Leah's on, Leah's on, Leah's on. And she'd have to say, Leah's on the Lord's side. And then May, and then Grant. Then even when, when Eileen was pregnant with the baby, we'd say, baby's on, baby's on, baby's on, baby's on. And then they'd say, oh, baby's on the Lord's side. And sometimes we'd sing it in an opera voice or a funny voice. Of course, our daughter Leah, who's very to the point, would not sing it in a funny voice because that would be not be acceptable. But she'd sing it in her regular voice. But even to this day, if I get them all in the car, we will sing that song. And so, you know, because whatever our office hours were and stuff like that, I was the bus driver. So I would take them and I would just make sure that we were either reading declarations or listening to scripture. But we would always sing that song and it's silly, but and again, pray. And, and pray. pray. Yeah, we would pray, but singing that song, being consistent, leading it first, like you were saying, Eileen, you know, praying before bed, just speaking. Because even our kids went some of some to Christian school and they would get Bible verses, but I would always get on and say, okay, how'd you do on your Bible verse? Oh, I got an A. Okay, what's it today? Uh, I don't remember it. Like, exactly. You learned the verse because you could pass the test, but it really didn't work its way into your into your DNA. And so I'm telling you that song, you know, we still sing it and it's fun. And I, when I, for someday, <laughs> Lord willing, when I get grandkids, we're going to sing that song again. So that's my contribution to the spiritual health mm-hmm. and healing to my children was singing that song over and over again. Yes. And it's, to me, it's precious. So yeah. yeah. <laughs>
So there's a CD coming out near you. You can sing <laughs> <I> it. <know>. <laughs> <laughs> Download the song. Uh, you can sing it. And if not, we can have sing-alongs. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, I love it. I love it. So, I, I, you know, I think it's um, I think it's a very important question sometimes or a very just a, a, a very important opportunity for you guys to also just share sort of, you know, the, the, the darker humanity with the listeners too, the times where you didn't get it right, or maybe some things that you would have changed and, you know, you had to learn a, a hard lesson along the way or something like that. Is there anything, because I think, I think the benefit for that is, you know, especially a young family listening to this has the opportunity to sponge up in real time, you know, your history with your children and so many things that you learned over the years. So, so is there a heartache that you could potentially spare them of something that you learned along the way that maybe you were doing wrong and you had to reverse course or change course or something, or just a point where you go, man, if I, if I could go back and, and kind of talk to, my, to myself when I first became a parent, I, I, maybe I would change this or, or whatever. And anything like that come to mind, maybe one lesson over the years that was a point of, 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 you know, failure or whatever, or growth. Yeah. The, so you got to understand when, when, when you grow up in the world and then you become a Christian, watch out. Because you want to swing sometimes so far to the right where you just get really just legalistic and self-righteous and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And you don't listen to music and you just become a weirdo and uh, religio religiosity. And, and I, you know, I'm an all nothing black or white, you know, guy. So I took it really hard. So first, there's a book out, used to be out called Grace Matters. I think it's called Grace about and and just just dads, moms, stop me. Stop yelling. Um, you know, Joe Olstein said one time, you can do more. You can, you, uh, you can have, you can get upset and yell for 10 minutes and set a relationship back 10 years. And I totally, I totally buy it. I mean, so many times uh, I've blown it. I've yelled. I've gotten anger, anger issues handed down from, you know, I own it. Yes. But my Father was an, was was an angry man. He was stressed out. He his dad died when he was seventeen, and he was left to raise. So there's there's lots of reasons, but to go back and change it is just give grace, give love. Eileen is really good. Let the kids talk. I was so quick to just shut them up and say, nope, this is it. You know, don't make excuses. Suck it up. And I was just really hard on them and just not not good and. Then my, I'd have a heart change, and I'd usually come back and say, I'm sorry, forgive me. And we, and, and we got better as, as time went on until finally we had our fourth child six years after our third child. And his whole life was completely different. <laughs> I was a completely different dad with him than the first three. And they were like, Dad, that's not fair. Mm -hmm. you, we were we not, would we get were a spanking calmer. for that before. And I'm like, well, guess what? Dad's changed. Sorry. Yeah, you know, we'll pay for your therapy. And so I would just say, watch your anger. Give grace give benefits of the doubt. If they, you know, make it, if they sin, if they make a mistake, it's not the end of the world because guess what, goofball, you're going to make mistakes too. And so it's give grace. It's the long, it's really the long game. You know, I mean, when kids are growing up, whatever, you know, girls are mean in sixth, seventh, eighth grade. So when your girls come home and they're crying, it's not, you know, understand life's hard. Give grace, give love. Let them see discipline in how you live your life. You know, call them to it. Make sure they're owning their stuff and not making excuses, right? The being a victim, but also be quick to forgive, quick to love. And the last thing is that, you know, if you have to punish, then when they're done, be done. When you have to punish, don't make them feel like for days you're angry at them. End it quick.
I also think there's there's one thing that um, our second oldest, um, we kind of put a little bit, we didn't realize until way later that we put responsibility on her and she 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 took it um, to where like her older sister had epilepsy. So um, we were like, well, let us know what, let us know. And she felt like she had to be her sister's keeper. And we did not know that we were doing that to her. And so she's had to really work through that. You know, she's very responsible as a second born because she was felt that she was there. We never said you had to take care of your sister. We just said, let us know if she's having any issues. And so you know, we found out later on that it was just a little too much pressure on her. And, it, you know, it, so she didn't feel like she could always be a kid because she always had to watch out for somebody else. So I think that was a disservice we did for her. Yeah. Even even the best parents are going to do things that the, the, the devil can take and wound them with. Yeah. And you think, well, no, I'll never do that. Well, guess what? Yeah, you, maybe you already have. But knowing that and seeing that and praying through that and helping raise them, Raising them in a healthy lifestyle gives you opportunities to return back to those things and and heal them and bring Jesus into the situation. And so, you know, yeah, there's a lot of things. But my kids, I think the important thing now is that our kids are our best friends. And then they know we're human. They know we're human. Yeah. They know we love them unconditionally. They know we may still have things to work on as they grow and develop. But they do know, I mean, they, we all go on vacations together. We're, we're all connected. We love them. We talk consistently. So they know they're loved. So, yeah. One other thing that I think I would do earlier with the children is I would find out what their love language is. I think, you know, because we've got some that are, it, it's quality time. So there's a, those are the ones that follow you around the house and talk to you while you're doing work because they're, they want to talk. They just want to be with you, you know, and then you've got the acts of service ones that look, look, mom, I did this for you, you know, or the other ones that are always touching you because their gift is, is physical touch. So, you know, learning what their love language is while they're younger and then speak it, speak it yeah. good to them. Yeah. And catch them doing things right. Like, yeah. oh, that was so cool. That was so nice how you treated your brother. Oh, that was so, yeah. You know, um, yeah. I forget how they say that, what, what you it's want a, to see in others gets repeated if you reward it or something or, like or that. Or even second secondhand praise where it's like, yeah. you, you know, like, oh, and then your sibling will say, hey, did you hear, so, you know, May did that. She was, you know, really good. And so you're, you've got other people praising you because they heard somebody else say it. So yeah. I think that's, that's really good. And you don't pit and say, well, your brother did the dishes. Why can't you be like your, no, we never went down that road. Because a lot of things that we didn't do, we'd had done to ourselves one way or another. So we're like, okay, that didn't feel nice. So we're just going to make sure we don't bring that into our house. There's certain things that we did not allow. Like we never talked about the, the, the divorce word and things like that. We're like, nope, we're not even going to go there. Sorry. You know, uh, there may, may be days we don't like each other, but we're committed to this thing. And we just stuck to those commitments, that covenant that we have. And to, and to be a good example to our kids and to always try to be there for them. Not perfect. Just love them. They know they're loved. They know they're loved. So, yeah. Guys, I think there's there's so much wisdom just even in these last couple of minutes that was just such a great sort of rapid fire kind of checklist for for folks. I even love that you especially highlighted the idea that, you know, things that we inherit sometimes and bring into our families don't have to be brought in. We have the option. We have the, in fact, the privilege, I would say, and even also responsibility of being able to say no to some of those maybe generational mistakes and and things like that. So I, I love that you shared all of this with the audience and and to the audience, we we thank you for giving us 30 minutes of your time. And just, I hope this is a blessing to you. We also know that there's people out there in your life 
who don't even know about this show and would absolutely benefit from the words that you've heard today. And so we would ask you to share that, subscribe on your platform, and we will look forward to seeing you next week for another episode of Nature Makes the Rules. Thanks for listening.